Hello everybody, my fantastic faction of followers, fans, freaks, and of fun Fanacom festivities. I'm Ziploc Bob, one of the two hosts of Sequel Syndrome Podcast, a talk show about video games and their culture, design, and psychology. Now I shall pass on you over to now I shall pass you over on Wow, I'm off today. To Good our segue, Master Bob. of Ceremonies. Hi. <laughs> now that Bob is sufficiently messed up enough. <laughs> yes! Uh, <laughs> in a little bit, we were talking about some uh, casual versus hardcore gaming and how that started and all that. Before then, I want to know, Bob, what have you been up to this week? I have been playing a lot of roguelite games. Um, mainly... Like Rogue Legacy or... No, 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 no. More like... Um... Uh, what do you call Enter the Gungeon? Because I am still super stoked whenever Devolver Digital throws out, um, they call it Dungeon, Advanced Gungeons and Drag Guns, <laughs> because the pun game is strong there. Um, like I'm super excited for whenever that happens sometime in 2018. Because specificity is not the strong suit at all. Did you, um, I saw you try Ruiner. Is that, is that like that? No, but it is a top-down, yeah, kind top of twin-sticky, kind of melee combat. It's fucking weird. Like, it's cyberpunk-esque, right? It's basically an action game that is, like, almost top-down. Right. Um, yeah, but I tried that. I haven't really figured out exactly how I feel about it because, you know, I've only played it for about 20 or 30 minutes enough to go, okay, this could be something interesting, but not like, oh, I'm so hyped. It's just like, hmm, this is interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I just know it was a top-down game and I knew it was Devolver Digital, so. Yeah, Devolver Digital is one of those studios that can make, like, they find the hidden gems in the sea of indie games, and they're, they usually put out good stuff. Uh, outside of that, the only other thing I've been playing a lot of is Majesty, because I've been playing a, a lot of games I enjoyed when I was a kid, to be honest. They actually look really cool. I, I, I was uh, watching, it was lurking in your stream, and I saw you playing that. With, um, was it the one that was 3D, or the one that was like 2D? It was 3D. Okay, you, that was Majesty like 2. It, it looked like Age of Empires... And D and D, basically yeah. that's all it is, and it's very bare bones by today's standards, but it's still very fun because they got the groundwork done. But so yeah, if they ever make a sequel to those games, I will buy that in a heartbeat. So what games have you been playing? Um, well, I've been streaming Far Cry Five. Mm -hmm. Game is nuts. <laughs> you saw me play it. You the, saw the, the games you saw of it. the games of Far Cry game. Like yeah, like, but it it's another level when you're walking down the street and a bear decides to take a nap in the middle of the road. Yeah, it's like, just did that bear play possum? Because <laughs> it was just like nap uh, in the middle of the road. Because it's like walking, walking, walking sees you, <laughs> <laughs> then gets so up and walks off, and you're like, it's like I dare you to come down this street. I'm like okay then. <laughs> I have stuff to do today. Let me go over here. I, I ain't got time for this. <laughs> I've also been playing some more. They are billions. Uh, that game is rough, man. Like it's a, 
a zombie based RTS similar to Age of Empires. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, <laughs> if you don't play nearly perfectly, that game will tear you apart. I've also been playing because the NHL playoffs. Also, I've also been I've also been playing some NHL 18. So, wait, wait, wait hockey? Yes, hockey. Man, yes, the last hockey. time I played a hockey video game was uh, when. Wayne Gretzky's for the N64. <laughs> That's like a 94, right? 94. Yeah, it, that game was solid, dude. Yeah, it was I the best boxing game I ever played. Best boxing game. <laughs> no, seriously, back in the day, every hockey, hockey game I ever played that was a video game turned yeah. into a boxing game because I sucked wasn't at hockey. There, wasn't there like an NBA Jam hockey game, like NHL Blitz, I think it was called? Yeah, uh, yeah, NFL Blitz was. NFL Blitz. Um, I, I, thought, I thought each one of the sports had like well, they He's did until okay. Here, here's what happened. Without drawing the segment out to stupidity, <laughs> breaking uh, the fourth wall. There we go. Uh, because you know, we I really do want to talk about today's subject, and the more I spend on here, the less we get there, right? But basically, what happened is like the NFL says this company ha- has bought the exclusive rights to make our games. Nobody else can make an NFL game. They can right. make a football game because you. Because they cannot lay claim to the entire sport, right? But without but that they, they, NFL they the, license, it's right. really hard to sell copies, right? Because you can sell, you know, you can make a, a football game, but you can't sell properties of an individual company. Yeah, it's like you know, I can is, make a football like game, but I can't put like the Atlanta Falcons, the Cleveland Browns, the Vikings, or any of those teams in there, which is most of the draw. Now, I will or, say with NFL Blitz, the one thing I did love about it is that if you put in a code, you could play as Raiden. <laughs> Which plays Mortal Kombat characters. Yeah, it was so stupid, but, and it worked because the game was like this high-flying stupid thing. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's basically all I've been doing. And have you been playing anything else? That's as far as I know. It's as far as, as much as I'm playing this week. Alright, so Zez, tell us about our unofficial sponsors this week. Well, our first one is Gatherbot, who is graciously watching over Bob's chat at the moment. <laughs> um, Gatherbot is brought to you by <coughs> Opera Event? Yes, uh, um, the company that makes it is called Opera Event. Yeah, okay. Um, they also they allow you to do things to support podcasters and Twitch streams. Such as using their free tip system, you can do you can do things like play mobile games, PC surveys, uh, PC games, and even micro even purchase things in games via microtransactions. Scary word, scary word. No, it's like yeah. <laughs> well, and here's the thing: you don't have to do anything that requires a microtransaction. You can avoid those completely. Otherwise, I've been like, oh, you, you profit off of microtransactions? Nope, nope, I'm good. Thanks, right. bye. But you, you could also play, you know, what's that Final Fantasy game? New Empire or whatever? Get to level 25? Oh, God. Right now, you can get up to 10 subs if you get to... Because you get 2,000 sub points as a sub. So you get 20... 20,000 sub points if you get to level 21, or if you get your main capital thingy to 21. Right, empire thing. Yeah. But that being said, speaking of free subs, because we all love those. Mmm, subs. Mmm, sandwiches. (laughs) Uh, Thank you to all our Twitch 
Prom supporters, even if you do not use your monthly free sub through Twitch Prime. Either way, it does allow you to watch this ad-free when it's being taped live, and it also lets you support our channel and some of our sister affiliations such as Bottle Rocket Gaming and such through linking up your Amazon Prom account with your Twitch account. It's stupidly easy, and you get one free sub a month, and you get all them emotes. And lastly, our last charity is StackUp.org. Uh, they're a fan of 2015. StackUp brings both veterans and civilian supporters together through a shared oh. love of video games through their primary programs. The Stack Supply creates air assaults in the StackUp Overwatch program. Um, you have first-hand experience with them, don't you, Bob? Yeah, I actually work with them. Um, they actually have things called Stacks, which are local groups of volunteers that support veterans through shared language of gaming to create uh you know a nice support group because i don't know about you but me i like having a support group with gaming because there's some games i'm like you know the this fortnite like it's a fun game it's enjoyable but i don't play solo because i suck at it <laughs> path of exile yeah path of exile same thing <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's enti entirely what the stacks are they're gaming groups as a way to help you know, bring veterans and civilians together because, you know, that is, like, that goes a long way towards mental health. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. Uh, their Overwatch program is a program that connects veterans coping with PTSD or other general issues from those experiences um, in transitioning to civilian life. Uh, Their volunteers are called the Stop Squad, is that correct? Yeah, it's short for a Stack Up Overwatch program. They're like, okay, okay uh, S-U-O-P, nope. <laughs> we're not, it's like, we're not calling this soup. <laughs> no, we're not calling this soup. But, they, but the good thing about them is they're available 24-7, um, 365, so. Yeah, uh, you can contact them via Discord, and it's all as a way to promote mental health because... I don't know about every person that gets out of the military, but me personally, I'm like, I don't want to go to therapy and I don't want to talk to somebody <laughs> that doesn't know what they're talking about. So this is a nice right. little gateway. Or, or there's nothing wrong with me. I don't need help. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was definitely me. Again, it's like, I don't need help. I'm hardcore. Speaking of hardcore. Yeah. Speaking of hardcore, that's it for our little segment on all of our wonderful sponsors and the charity of the month let's talk about hardcore and casual game and reference to gaming and where the heck that comes from so let's start off with some basics what is a casual game and what is a hardcore game casual games usually very simple it requires little time to master the bare bones basics and it focuses on shorter playstations Playstations. Playstations. Sure, yes. Playstations. Yes. Give me Playstations. Playstation, PlayStation, PlayStation Play Dwarfs. You know, the Playstation Dwarfs. 1. You know, the <laughs> O-N-E towards the mini. Yeah. Um, but it focuses on, like, shorter sessions actually... of play. It's st and the basics are, like, so easy to grasp. Like, think of Bejeweled or Candy Crush or any of those ma match three games. They lean on it being very accessible as its selling point and there and that's not 
something I would find intimidating. I wouldn't go, oh man, this looks really like a really hard match. It's a match three game. <laughs> <laughs> Although, now, to be fair, there are some crevices of the internet that you can go and find really, really deep match three games. I don't doubt it, but that's not what a casual game's meant to be. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. You were, you were you were trying to say the validity of a match three game being difficult or deep. <laughs> oh, they can be deep. The deepest match three game I ever found was on the Super Nintendo. Wario's Woods. <laughs> That's all I was saying. Yeah. Uh, you just saying? You just Vegeta. Yeah. Prince of all Saiyans. Who's well, on your back wall. <laughs> One of them, and you actually bought me that. Thank you. Thanks again. I, I know that. that. Thanks again. <laughs> but they can't be easy overall. They can be difficult overall. So now tell me how that compares and contrasts with hardcore. Uh, hardcore games follow a lot of the same tenets that casual games do. They tend to require a longer investment to master it, to master all the basics. Mm-hmm. They focus on longer play sessions. Um, I would. I would say a longer PlayStation is anywhere between three to five hours or more. Or even an hour or half an hour to get started. Because, like, I can put, like, a Mario level is not a casual, Mario is not a casual game. But I consider that more of a core experience. Yeah, it's much more, it's a more core game. Because I, I think, for me, the longer PlayStation is... How long does the meat of the game take after you get through the initial learning phase? I'm more of a how 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 long when it comes to play sessions in my way of thinking is like a PlayStation is defined as okay, I'm going to sit down and play this game. Once I make that decision to okay, I'm done with playing this game for now, how long is that? And that and for a lot of the more core games that can be anywhere from you know, 30 minutes to 30 hours later, I'm still playing Skyrim because it's Skyrim and it's addictive yeah. like that. It's different than if you're playing uh, Dark Souls, where that first three hours <laughs> you're probably going to be laying in blood. I don't know, no, no, no. Dark Souls is five minutes. <laughs> that That's my play session on that. That's, a, under... <laughs> that's your play session. I'm just saying how long it would take because Dark Souls in, their, in the, all those Souls games are more hardcore style games. Yeah. Your Dark Souls, your Bloodborne, your Neos. They're all more hardcore style games. They yeah, now I, will say, now I will say that hardcore or casual, I'm not talking about difficulty because I've seen casual games be unfairly hard because they want to get you with those macrotransactions. Right. Like, look at no, Candy no, Crush. No, I was just saying, like, I'm going to go Dark Souls again. Um... Dark Souls' thing is not that it's difficult. Oh, no, it's that it's difficult, but it's fair. Right, it's punishing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, which is a a mark of a hardcore game. You know, like, if you got, like, you know, treat it like a debate with a developer, right? Yeah. Right? A casual game is, like, can be debating with somebody that's like, we're just debating over the basics and nothing else. A hardcore game is like debating against somebody. It's like, yes, I have a PT, uh, PhD in astrobiology or xenobiology. Let's have a debate over xenobiology. And I'm like, 
<laughs> I'm not prepared for this. Help. Oh that, oh, that reminds me. This is not, this is not, um, I don't think this is casual we're talking about, but have you heard about the Microsoft lawsuit? Oh, over shading? Yeah. That, that does bring me up to my next point about hardcore <laughs> games. That it's like a big selling point of hardcore games is it either A, it's difficulty, or B, it's, it's graphical fidelity. Or, yeah, or intricacies to make it. Yeah. You know, like, I, like, even like sports games, right? It's like, you know, you can smell the AstroTurf. Who uses AstroTurf anymore? I don't know sports, okay? All information I have is from the 90s, and that's because I grew up in a football family. Yeah, well, AstroTurf was a thing in the 90s. It's not really a. Just Again, now. 90s is where my no, knowledge saying, is from. <laughs> I'm saying in 2018, it's not really a, uh, a widely used thing, considering. Mm. If you go on a sports tangent, turf caused a lot of injuries. True. You know? <laughs> Um, but honestly, like your hardcore game, like say, I have never played a game before. What should I start with? Most hardcore games are not your answer. Uh, unless you want to start that way. I mean, like they're not ideal because it's like, wow, that's kind of intimidating looking. Like even the Witcher series, right? Well, they got even on the easiest play. difficulty because you have so many systems that are interconnected with each other. That's yeah, kind of cool. intimidating. But they got games that are, are simple, like Meat Boy or I Want to Be the Boshi. Those are, see, I would call those casual games that are just hard as fuck. I don't think they're casual games. I think they're hardcore games. <laughs> really? Because I can do a five-minute play session with uh, Meat Boy. You could do a five-minute PlayStation with me, boy. Like, would you call would you call Cuphead a casual game? No, uh, no, that's a hardcore trial and error game. I think they're in the same. I, I think they're in the same field. Myself, personally, true. But it's like this is one of those discussions where I'm just like, it's kind of hard to like, you know. But like, I remember. And this was a for me because of my age. and But some people can still go, oh, yeah, that's still totally a thing, and I wouldn't doubt it. But when it's like, oh, it's like this is, I'll play these casual games, and that was a dirty word. Yes. It still kind of is a dirty word. It's like, so let's talk about the history, because this, if you notice, it goes in cycles. It's like, how big of a deal it is. It's like, they're ruining gaming by making it accessible. No, they're improving it, asshole, and here's why. So, back in the 70s, so, like, Pong and stuff like that, how games were covered and marketed was being described as, you know, being something the whole family can enjoy. And More games on your screen. You know, yeah, like, seriously, like, a lot of, like, the board games and, like, sports games... Sports were translate in the video games. Excuse me. Like you know, you had pong, table tennis, and hockey. They always, they, all three of those games looked the same for some reason back in the day. But still, well, hockey, same concept as pong. So hockey, <laughs> yeah, it's like loosely. But you know, 
um, there were games towards like you would pump a quarter in a machine, you'd play it for about five or ten minutes, and okay, quarter's done, go on or pump in another quarter. You know, these games weren't like yeah, they could take some time to beat the whole game, but they weren't a oh my god, this is gonna be sixty. I'm gonna pay sixty bucks and have sixty hours of play because to beat it one time, right? Somewhere down in the 70s, a stigma kind of did pop up of video games being male-centric. And that actually comes from computers in general had that stigma of, you know, you do, you know, you put it together with your hands and you mess with it, blah, blah, blah. So it's a guy thing. This is also during the time when they started doing pink is for girls, blue is for boys. Right. You know, you'd have a pink owl, which is all the girls' toys, and a blue owl, which is all the boys' toys. And that still happens to this day. Yeah. You know, that, like, it was during the early 80s when that became a thing. And then Pac-Man happened. (laughs) And it was described in a news article as surprisingly appealing to women. You know... I used to think that mansplaining wasn't a thing until I started doing research for articles like this, and I'm like, wow, apparently it is. It's like, because it's Pac-Man. Everybody loves it. Yeah, it's a generalization, though. And I'm saying back in the day, like, Pac-Man fever was a thing. I'm pretty sure if they could have got away with it, they would have made Pac-Man branded condoms. (laughs) Who <laughs> says they didn't try to? Maybe. Dorex Namco. just wasn't having it. Pac-Man was Namco, right? Yes. Uh, That's something Namco would try, would absolutely try to do. Yeah, because they had, like, Gum, a cartoon show. And everything under the sun. So, Band- so Namco, before they were Namco Bandai, or Bandai Namco, because, yes... Or, or, or Band-Aid Namco. Band-Aid Namco. Namco Band-Aids. Pac-Man Band-Aids. See, told you. See, it's a full circle. <laughs> but, yeah. Back in the day, they basically went, wait, women like this. Let's make a version of this that's going to appeal more to women. And ironically, they made the best version of Pac-Man in my, of classic Pac-Man in my opinion. Miss Pac-Man. The yeah. mazes were better in my opinion. It wasn't the same maze over and over again. They'd change. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever played Miss Pac-Man. Um, but a lot of people do feel that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that kind of... And the gender divide quit for a bit. And then it happened again in the 90s because everything had to be extreme! do the do like, the 90s is a laughing stock of a de- decade to the point to where um, one of my favorite comic book, um, one of my favorite comic book reviewers has a character called 90s Kid. When did this come out? What? The comic book? 90, yeah. 90s Kid? Sometime in the 2000s. Okay. To where it's like a guy that would go, dude. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm just sitting there wondering, like, uh, you know, 
because then he. But he always brings them. But he always brings them out when he's talking about nineties comics. Uh, it's Linkara. Like, look up one of his oh, videos. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Okay, so it's it's like it's like a persona, a character that he does. Yeah, it's a character that he does. Who is like, dude, you, and it's, and like, and the thing is, is like, hardcore gaming in the nineties would be like, let's say early nineties would be your Super Nintendo, then eventually your PlayStation, and there, and that's where like Tekken and like a lot more complex deep fighting games came in. Yeah, and that's kind of where that spawned. And they were selling like gangbusters because a lot of us have already learned the basics of gaming, which there's no official basics of gaming, but like a lot of things that we agree on with like, oh, okay, in a platformer, you go to the right. The A button is jump. The B button is usually run faster or some sort of attack, like Mario's Mario's fireball. Yeah. You know. To where they're not having to use tutorials or reestablish things and all that good stuff. But, you know, and because of that, there were stereotypes born from it. Um, what's What would you define as the stereotype, stereotypical casual player and their mindset and stuff? Uh, what do I define as a, as a casual player? Yeah, like the stereotype, not an actual casual player. Like if you're like, okay, here's the stereotype, you know. Like, par- uh, pardon the fre- expression is like, it's like the blackface or yellowface version of <laughs> of a right, casual player, you know. Yeah. To where it's like, uh, if I was going to be an, if I was going to make a archetype that is a straw man, what would you write them as? You're talking about a casual player. To me, a casual player is more of a player who uh, may only play play big release games. A casual your, player? Yeah, they would only play your GTAs, your... Uh, you know those big those big games that get commercial on TVs, and they play a lot of uh, mobile games. See, up until the mobile games, I'm like, that sounds like my stereotype for a hardcore player. So I play it nothing but like Final Fantasy and GTA and like real games, not that. No, no, no. That's no. The reason I say that about you know my my image of a casual player. Mm-hmm. Is they'll play what they see and they won't. They'll spend time playing it, but that'd be the only thing that they play, and they won't be exceptionally skilled at it. Yeah, you know They're, what I mean. Yeah, they'll be like, "Oh, all games are like what I see on the TV or right. in marketing in general." However, they receive it, right? Okay, I could see that being definitely being there how they look at it as like how the stereotype, but. You know, like, my stereotype for the hardcore is the person that plays, like, I'm going to play, play, like, the next Call of Duty, like, a bro gamer, you know? A bro gamer. (laughs) Like, 
that stereotype exists for a reason. Like, that was the stereotype for the longest time what all gamers were, because they were loud-ass motherfuckers that everybody knew at least one of. Right? You know, I was like, I was like, gotta play Gears of War, Call of Duty, Madden, Need for Speed, something else by EA. <laughs> now I think about it, EA makes a lot of money off of pro gamers. Yeah, they make a lot of money off of gamers in general. <laughs> like, you know, Madden, FIFA, Call of Duty. Do they own 2K? Hmm. No. Okay, so 2K... 2K like... is owned by... Um... 2K is... I, I was, I'm going to say something, but I'm going to check myself on that before... Before I actually say it. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. No, Take Two uh, 2K is part of Take Two. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking, but I wasn't quite sure. Yeah. Okay. So it's it seems like every publishing house has like a little wing set aside just for us. Like we will sell copies of these people. <laughs> Period. Right. Like even Square has that. Like, uh, you know, like they know. If they release a Final Fantasy game, it's going to sell. Yeah. You know. I, I want to go back a step so people understand when we say Take Two. That's also the company that um, is the parent organization of Rockstar. So. Yeah. Just so you understand, like, how big Take Two is. <laughs> oh, no. If you want to go with, like, crazy, like, look at Activision or Activision, Activision Blizzard. Big. Yeah. Activision Blizzard is big, too. Yeah. Or Valve. Valve isn't that big of a publisher, or not, no, but they're not a big pu- company though. They're just a like they've just become the Amazon of gaming. Yeah, but they are getting, but they do have a Campo Santo now, so true. But there are things about the stereotype that I would like to call bullshit on. Your average hardcore player isn't the one of. One of those people is like, I'm going to spend all my money on all, all the games and like, and nobody takes backroom breaks. Bathroom breaks are for pussies. Right. Fuck that. I, I'm sorry. I'm not getting colon cancer or, or urinary, urinary tract infection because I didn't take a pee. I, I will also say there's another stereotype of hardcore gamers being that hardcore gamers are exclusively esports players. Oh, dear God, no. Like right, exactly. The, like that, that, that's a like, stereotype. And like, if anything, here are my exceptions to my personal rule of what games I'll play. I don't play sports games, but I will play me some sock car through some Rocket League because it's so <laughs> weird and goofy that I love it. Like you know, honestly, most military first-person shooters I don't play. Yet one of my favorite games is a first-person shooter by the name of. Um, Borderlands, like that series, I think is fantastic, and I, because I like the blend of RPG first-person shooter. It was new and yeah. fresh at the time, and their comedy and the writing's good, right? Where a casual oh, that, that, Borderlands in general is just dripping with personality. Once you get to the first, the DLCs for the first one, if you do vanilla first one, it's really boring. I, I don't know about that. Well, I haven't played vanilla, so I don't know. All the stories in the DLCs. Outside of, oh, you well, no, do it's, something. It's not, 
it's not the story that, that is or personality story. rather right well yeah personality for me is things like um dr ned's health vending machine thing yeah like that's, you that's you get some like you get some shades of characterization but it doesn't really start ramping up until the dlc's right. no i understand that like moxie for example like was she a i don't know was she a character in the vanilla in the DLCs, yeah, in the first one. Uh, no, I mean, I meant in the vanilla game before the DLCs. I don't, I don't think, think so. She right. seems like she would be a DLC character that they added in. Yeah, like she had her. It was the Thunderdome, or okay. Underdome, Underdome. They right. can't because they're referencing um, the Thunderdome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was Mad Moxie's Underdome. That's what it was. But, like, you know, like, a big stereotype when it comes to, like, oh, I'm a hardcore, or I play a lot of games, or hardcore gamer, is that, oh, so, you know, you play games to where all you do is, like, every game you play is violent. No, it isn't. No. I I, I would like to point out that I have, oh, Jesus, a few hundred hours and a Harvest Moon clone by the name of Stardew Valley. <laughs> if not I, more. I, 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 I think Stardew's gotten to the point uh, right now where um, Harvest Moon is the clone of Stardew Valley. <laughs> like, like Harvest Moon has become derivatives of it. Right. When it's actually when it's not the case, but I, I think the general perception of of a, a Stardew Valley now would be that that is the predecessor. Or the gold standard for games like Harvest Moon. Yeah, and it really is because, like, you know, you can do everything from, you know, like, tend to your farm, tend your crops, herd your sheep and cattle, and raise your chickens and ducks. <laughs> what? How, um, what? What's the multiplayer like in that game? I haven't found out yet. You haven't found out? But, you know, like, you know, just because I play hardcore games, or just because a game is hardcore, one of the things that is stereotypical is like, oh my god, it's gotta be this grim, dark fantasy. Dear god, no. Trust me, we got bored of that shit in the 90s, because in the late 90s, everything was grim, dark. Like, yeah, no, even, I... dar even God of War has softened a little bit. Like, it's still brutal, but it's done in an artful, tasteful way. Yeah. Because, like... Oh yeah, by the way, don't try to do what I tried to do and take a shot every time Cradle says, boy. <laughs> you will not make it through the tutorial. Or opening cutscene. I mean, see, I, I think we need to differentiate um, I think we kind of skipped over it, but the difference between um, hardcore games and hardcore gamers. Uh, hardcore games tend to be and... Th they're, they're, not, they're not the same thing. Okay. Hardcore Hardcore gamers games and hardcore gamers, games. here's the biggest difference between one of them. One of them doesn't exist. <laughs> like, a casual... Hardcore gamers and casual gamers don't exist, okay? Like... I disagree with that. <clears throat> not uh, the stereotypes that we give them don't, so... No, the stereotypes may be inaccurate, but that doesn't mean there aren't casual gamers... I, I will say, like, the closest to a casual gamer is someone who's, like, 
you know, like your mom or like someone who's just getting into gaming. That's like, right. I play, you know, like I play every 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 now and then. I'll play, pick it up here. Or it's like I'll I'll play something on my phone. Right. You know, like right, an- exactly. incremental games are relaxing to me. Right. That's a ca- that's, that's a casual gamer. You have, um, you have core gamers, mm-hmm. who are players who play a good variety of games or good or a certain set of games or even a certain genre because like when i was in high school i played nothing but rpgs not because it was the best genre ever it's because that's where you went for story i i think for me i think hardcore gamers are gamers who play games an excessive amount Uh, let's let's say more than six hours a week yeah an excessive amount and i'm not even going to say excessive just a lot more than six hours a week in one game or in a variety of different multi, you know, multitude of games, you know, anything like that. Well, I'm not even six hours a week work works because based upon a study in the book that I pulled the subject from, like that inspired me, your average casual player, right, plays casual games about nine hours a week, right? So, so I think you, yeah, I think we'd have to say for a hardcore gamer that we need to probably push fifteen to twenty. Well, it's not even a time thing, right? It's a, it's the type of games they play. I don't think so. I don't think the type of games they play has a relevance on whether they're a hardcore gamer or not. Ah, I do, to a point. Um, like, like I'm not like. Here's the thing: we're all gamers, and I love being inclusive. And my right. my big thing is, I wanted to debunk this entire mess. That's why why I want to bring it up. But feel free to disagree, and that's cool. I I, I do disagree with you, so. <laughs> like, I but I call like I call bullshit on using it as an exclusionary tool. Right. No, I agree with that. But like, if you want to, but the danger of using it as a categorization tool, right? Is like even in marketing, right? Because like. For marketing, it can be used as a, it's like, okay, let's figure out who the hell our audience is and trying to sell this product, whether it be uh, video games themselves or video game related, right? Because somebody's a little bit more of a hardcore fan of like, say, Overwatch than me if they buy a plushie, right? Uh, I don't think so. I said more than me, because I'll play the game. I'm not going to buy a plushie. Or any get merch more, at all. I just want to play. I don't. The fucking I, don't game. I don't think that's accurate, though. I'm just saying they're more into Overwatch. Not they're a more hardcore gamer. Just that they're more into Overwatch than I am. That they enjoy yeah. the lower enough to buy a May plushie. I I, I see. I disagree because I'm trying to use. I'm trying to think of a character in Overwatch that I can apply this to. Are there any like cutesy characters in Overwatch? Cute or ones out or ones that somebody wouldn't want to fuck because there's plenty of the latter. I'll I'll, I'll change the game. I'll change the game for a better example here. All right, let's say Pokemon. Right, because I think that would fit your argument a lot better. No, I want want to use Paladins. Paladins, okay. Um. The... There's a Jack and Dexter looking character that I'd buy Kavashi of, and I don't even like that game anymore. I think that's the character I'm about to talk about. The the guy, the animal that has potions? Yeah. 
him. Yeah. I mean, and no, I'm saying, what I'm saying is like everything else being the same between me and another person, they're more int, they're more of a hardcore fan than I am of the game. We both play the game. I don't give a shit about the lore. They do. Get what I'm saying? I don't think that that, I still don't think that that's, um, that would make them, I can see the same person not being a more of a hardcore fan of the game than you. Oh yeah. Trust me. There's also, I'm not denying that there's someone else out there that's like, I know nothing about this. I just think that thing's cute. I'm buying it. Exactly. That, that, that's I was like, I'm never saying. underestimate that. <laughs> Right, that's that's more what I'm saying is that, and that could actually lead them into, hey, I think this thing's cute. I'm buying it. Where the hell is? Oh, this is from this game. I've never played it. Then that kind of gets them into it. Or I'm more, I'm more thinking that they're already in the game and they'll mm-hmm. play casually. Mm-hmm. You know, an hour here, an hour there, casually, yeah. and then there'll be just be a character that they like. Let's say let's use Mass Effect for example. Like, at, um, back when Andromeda came out, they put the Krogan plushie in the. Uh, you put this Krogan plushie in the uh, Bioware store. You're Googling it, aren't you? Yes, I am, because I'm like, <laughs> would those so, make a good plushie? Um, the thing is, people who are... Oh, it's a baby Gr- Krogan plushie. That makes right. more sense. Right, exactly. Okay, that Maybe actually kind of... Okay, it's kind of like a pug. Kind of, yeah. It's so ugly, it's kind of cute. <laughs> but when that when that came out with Andromeda, you get people who are very casual and don't really care much about the story and lore and history of Mass Effect. Yeah, they just like they want I want the gameplay. Them. I want the gameplay loop. Right. Which honestly, with the first one, I was that way because says I don't know if you know this about me, but I like finding systems and breaking them. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's just what I what I do. So how how did you break Mass Effect then? I didn't. Did, did, did you, <laughs> you fail? Mass Effect One, Bob Zero. Oh uh, yeah, because like I can beat, I can break the the lower difficulties or even the normal difficulty, right? But once you get on New Game Plus and crank it all the way up, no, 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 no. <laughs> The, the game just goes, oh, you think you're a badass. No, motherfucker, I let you think you're a badass. At the end of the day, it's numbers, and my numbers will go higher. Yeah, yeah, Mass Effect 1 was much more of an RPG, though. Than its uh, sequels. And and the sequels, it was just a matter of getting good. You couldn't break, break it with numbers as right. well. However... I will say, they get us back back on the topic before we have to jet out of here. Because we got to catch a plane and go across the country. Yes, yes. It's like, <laughs> eventually I will go to California again and actually enjoy it this time. <laughs> Last time I was out that way, I was stuck in a desert and it sucked. Um, Like, there's nothing wrong with casual games, in my opinion. They have their place. And that's to get what I call the tertiary audience. Right? Yeah. You know, and bring them into the fold. And it's also a great way of going, like someone who doesn't, who goes, I don't want to play video games. Why? They're all hard. You know, (laughs) 
All right, no, seriously, yeah. I ha- I have I have friends and family members that will never pl- that would never play a game until I went. Here's Mario Kart. Yeah, I was going to ask about Mario Kart specifically. Like, I got I got my I got my ex stepmom so hooked on it to where when I was in trouble and I couldn't play video games, that role got bent around Mario Kart because she wanted to whip my ass. And she would. <laughs> she got good at Mario Kart 64. Like, like the most used game in my house was Mario Kart. Uh, my yeah. sister's gotten to Just Dance. Because... It was, it was DDR in my house, so... Just Dance was basically DDR. What are you talking about? Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. In my house specifically, the game, the, the game that did that was DDR. You know, DDR, Diddy Kong Racing. Oh God, I miss Diddy Kong Racing. I'm gonna have to play that later today. Uh, you know, like they're good about getting audiences you would not get with quote unquote hardcore games, right? The same people that play or the same demographic for God of War is not the same demographic for insert Mario title. Insert Mario spinoff title. <laughs> or like any number of these mobile games, right? Um, there was a mobile game I loved back in the day called... Um, Adventure Capitalist. It was a stupid in- incremental game, right? Adventure Capitalist? Yes. I remember capitalism. Yeah, adventure capitalist. And basically it's like, oh, you buy this shop. This shop generates you money. You upgrade a shop, it generates you more over time. You buy another shop and it does this and it generates you even more money at a slower rate. And as you get by like level 25, 50, 75, so on. Like it's an incremental game, you know? This game that's on the ice store? The App Store? I know it's on the App Store. Yeah, it came out in May 2014. That game? Yep. <laughs> uh, about four years ago when it came out, one of my friends was like, I saw one of my friends playing it, and I'm like, wow, I didn't know that watching numbers go up could be so entertaining. See, I'm thinking much, much older, uh, you know, when you said that. Because I was thinking like uh, capitalism, like in capitalism, which I don't know what year that came out. No, uh, like, if you want to go with a casual game that actually got most of my family hooked is Wii Sports. Like, we'll have another episode talking about the Wii and how it uh, affected casual gaming. This is honestly just more of a primer for that conversation, if anything. Well, then. (laughs) But, yeah, it seems it's been fun, but we've run out of time. Says, take us out. Uh, how do I do that? No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, since we have no guest, and this is yeah, you know, the first lost, few times on your <laughs> channel, tell me about your channel. Tell me what you do when. Oh. Here's your five minutes of fame. Oh yeah, I'm Zez. You can find me here on. You can find me on here on Twitch. Um, I'm going to be starting my YouTube channel shortly. Um, thinking what I want to do with that. 
Find me here at the underscore Zez on Twitter at the underscore Zez. And uh, yeah, on, on this podcast as well. Uh, yeah, he, if any, if any of y'all are like, he doesn't need to be, uh, trust me, he's the one that pushed me to finally do this. Because <laughs> um, I wanted to do this about a year ago. I mean, I wanted to do this about a year ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but you can find him at twitch.tv slash or slash the underscore underscore says. Wow, this allergy stuff is screwing me up pretty hard. Yep. <laughs> you can find us both at twitch.tv slash bottle rocket gaming. You, you can find this podcast at youtube.com slash bottle rocket gaming and podcast.com slash sequel syndrome dash a bunch of numbers and letters. Just don't worry. There will be a app for that later and we'll eventually get on iTunes whenever I figure out how to do that stuff. But that's been the show. We'll be seeing you guys over the next few weeks. Some of our future guests include the Super Catch Fighters, Stacy Kruger, and Zez. How do you pronounce her name again? Because I get tongue tied. Shan- Shanana Banana. Shanana Banana. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time.